in our Bibles, if you, if you want to, to Ecclesiastes chapter 1. We have to do this every once in a while just to make sure those pages don't stick together anymore. Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Ecclesiastes. So we're going to read uh, chapter 1, verse 2. Now this is uh, this is Solomon. So- Solomon got a little horsey when he wrote Ecclesiastes. I don't know that it's uh, uh, what to say about it exactly. Lots of people say, but we'll read verse two. He said, "Vanity of vanities," saith the preacher. "Vanity of vanities, all is vanities." So I I want us to consider tonight. Even though, even though, we're, we're so blessed. We're just so blessed. Are y'all blessed? Yes. We're just so blessed, and, and the only way we could get more blessed is that we, we know more about getting more blessed, and we're on the road. So it's not even like, well, we've tapped that out. What else is there? We know there's more, and we're excited where we are, every one of us in our lives. We've got the victory. we got a hold of it. But there's more. But... Think about the high cost of low living or the highest cost for the lowest living. And no matter, and you are, and I am, I meet with people and we get with folks. They're just living in a way that I don't understand. Just like under the bridge type living. And they think different than I've, I've, I've never been accustomed to that. Uh, and it's not that they don't have any. It's not even the poor that don't have anything, but you can tell if they had something, they wouldn't know what to do with it. And they tell you what they would do with it, and you go, well, that's, no one's going to give to you because that's, that's not it. So, so the, the, the enemy of, better is the enemy of the best. Better is the enemy of best. Once you get better, you just, it quits hurting. It feels good, feels better. And you just say, why risk more? This is good enough. And you've heard those stories about people that said, if all I want from God is just a little cabin on the other side, just give me something. I don't want much. I don't want a mansion. I just want to get out of this place and cross the line. And you can tell they're in a thrive or a, excuse me, a survive mode. They don't want much because they don't think they deserve much. But we do. Heaven's wonderful, and I'm looking forward to it. I know it contradicts what I just said, but I'm looking forward to it. But until then, we're having days of heaven here on earth. And I'll tell you, it's not even so bad waking up every day knowing that you've got an adversary that's got his neck in a sling and has been whooped from one side of of hell to the other of just entering in the fight, the enforcement. It's, we're not afraid. I said we're not afraid. We're not afraid. If, if anything sneaks up, it's just to let us know that something snuck up and we'll be taking care of it. But we're not afraid. And it's a wonderful, wonderful life when you're not afraid. We can't hardly imagine some of the things that could come that have never come into your life. But it really wouldn't matter. We're not afraid. So... 
I'm still on who are you and what can you do with your one and only life. I want to take it to another place. Let me read. Just listen to this. This is in the New Living. This this uh, uh, verse two through two through eight. Listen to what Solomon said. He said, vanity of vanities, said the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Well, in the New Living, he says, in my opinion, nothing is worthwhile. Everything is futile. For what does a man get for all his hard work? Generations come and go, but it makes no difference. The sun rises and sets and hurries around to rise again. The wind blows south and north. Here and there, twisting back and forth, getting nowhere. A little cynical, would you say? <laughs> the rivers run into the sea, but the sea is never full. And the water returns again to the rivers and flows again to the sea. Everything is unutterably weary and tiresome. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. So... He kind of had a hard take on life right there. And what does that mean? That's in the Bible. What does it mean? What he's talking about is on our own, on your own, Arnold, on your own, it's pretty futile. It's pretty endless. It's pretty, what he said was in the rest of the conversation, he said, life is so much fun. I just hate to leave this life because there's nothing left coming and, and, and I just love life. Well, you would if you thought you were older a tree and, and, and wasn't going to be able to stay long. So he said, Solomon said, everything is futile. And you can see that from the world's point of view. They, they struggle to pay their bills this month and all of a sudden they're due again. And they get sick and they, they get in fusses with the neighbors and with the in-laws and with the, all those people. And their life, the world's life, never changes anything that should be changed. Have y'all noticed politics have never changed? The subjects, the people, the, 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 the stand. But it's always the same. It's always the same fuss. Nothing changes. So Solomon's right that if you don't have the Lord in your life, it's pretty futile. It's pretty endless. Turn with me to Matthew, if you would, chapter 16. Who are you and what can you do with your one and only life? I think that's a fair question. I think we should stretch out no matter how far we've come and no matter what we know now. And it's good to know some things. And it's good to have a handle on healing. And it's good to have a handle on your finances. Even if it's not everything that you want and there's still a struggle and a fight there every once in a while and maybe a misunderstanding about how these things work, yet we're on it and we know, we know there's an answer. You just never have to hear somebody say, I just don't know. So we're making up doctrine all the time that just said God's in control because we don't know what else to say. In Matthew chapter 16, look in verse 15, it says, He's in a conversation with his, with his guys and he said, but whom say ye that I am? So he's already asked him, who do others say that I am? But he says, but whom do ye say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the sent one, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, and here it is, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, 
for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Everything that's good that you and I have came by revelation. Because everything we figured out had a hitch. You, you couldn't explain it all. And somebody said, well, okay, I hear what you believe. But what if this happened? And you go, oh, I never thought of that. But when you get revelation, it fits. It fits. Well, why does God let certain things happen to certain people? Well, there's an answer for that. We don't even have to struggle for it. Uh, there's an answer for it. So what can you do with your one and only life? You have to go back to this question that the Lord asked. Who are you? He said, who do, they, who do you say that I am? But who do we say that he is? That's, that's the question. Who do we say that he is? Is he just a ticket? One ticket to heaven, you're punched. Live like you want. Don't live too bad. Stay on the, stay on the salvation side of the line, but you're pretty much on your own. I wrote this down years ago. I don't know who said it, but I wrote it down. The Lord is only obligated to finish what he starts, what he begins. The Lord is only obligated to finish what he starts. That sounds fair. Somebody gets into a fight and wants you to come over and help them beat up somebody because they got into a fight. Uh, they're obligated. To, you're only obligated to finish what you start. And so we, we don't do we don't do that. So the question is, is who am I? And we've asked this every week. I've asked for us to look inside and say, can I measure my faith? Well, we know there's some measurements of faith. Faith knows if you don't know, if you think or if you're wondering or you're pretty sure, then you're not in faith. You're on the road to faith. You could be almost there, but you're not in faith because faith knows. Call it something else, but faith knows. Faith rests because faith knows. Once you know, you can rest. Well, what if the doctor said this and what if the bank said that? Faith knows, so faith rests. And you can tell if you're not resting, if you're anxious or if you hear another report or you get news on what you're in the, in the fuss for. You just know if it gets you, if you get an IRS letter that says urgent, we've been trying to contact you. <laughs> you just got to know it's already settled somewhere and it can be settled with you and me. It's like, oh, there's always a way to win. There's plenty of money and there's plenty more where that came from and all that. So turn with me to Philippians chapter four. We're moving right along here. Who do you say that you are? We're making progress. I'm making progress. People have said, doggone, I have a worldwide ministry of cassette tapes and I've got them all over the world and I don't even believe what's on them anymore. I know Creflo Dollar, he took a big step back about grace. And he had to take a bunch of his series off, off out of his catalog, out of his library, because he doesn't believe that anymore. So we're all evolving. Revelation is progressive. You learn this so that you can learn that. 
Are y'all there? We, we are. We're all progressing. Nobody's arrived. I certainly haven't. I'm way back. I, I'm just trying to find somebody that's seen the other side. And, but, but we have to keep growing. Nobody's got it all. But we're, we're moving that way progressively. So in Philippians 4, verse 19, you know the scripture. Let's read it together in the King James if you can. Ready, read. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Okay, that's a great verse. But go back to verse 13. The one that you, the one that's in transition, the one that's on the way to verse 19 is this one right here in verse 13. Read it with me. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Well, now that's a big bite. When you say that I can do all things, it's like saying all things are possible to him who believes. I can do all things through Christ, through Christ. So there's the identifier. Is it you or is it you in him? You may feel like a worm, but it doesn't matter. We, if we're worms, we're super worms. <laughs> we're in Christ worms or whatever. You know, we're not who we used to be. Jesus is the transition and we're in him. I can do all things through Christ. So we don't have to we don't have to back up when we say I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because it's in Christ Jesus. So we're boasting. Somebody would say, well, you're just saying you're righteous. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. That's before Jesus. B.J. Before Jesus. And so that's not who we are. So we have to rightly divide the word of God in the Amplified. He said, I have strength for all things in Christ. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. And then he quotes it like the Amplified does. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. Here it is. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Ah, you could whoop any devil with that. I mean, you, you, you can just go down to the ballpark and just clean them out with that one scripture. If you believe it, because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, he always causes me to triumph in him. Just go down the list of who we are in him and you can go down there and whoop some stuff. Uh, Philip says, I'm ready for anything through the strength of the one who lives in me. Lives in me. And the weast, it's another amplified version. I am strong for all things in the one that constantly infuses strength in me. And there's the motor word in constantly infuses. The word says in Ephesians, it says in the, uh, the Greek, it says be filled and be being filled, filled with the Holy Ghost. Be being filled, filled. Praise God. So I'm going to ask this question since we're ending the series tonight. What is your potential? Mostly, we've just been looking at this for this is the eighth week. What is my potential? Am I living to the edge? Well, the, the obvious question, the obvious answer is no. We're none of us living to the edge. No matter how far you've come, no matter how you've beat back the odds and stretched out there and crossed the finish line, there's another lap and we've got to cross it. So what is your potential? 
We're looking at that so that we can stretch. The first word of the Lord I ever got in my life was a man that told me, <laughs> yeah, uh, he said, the Lord said, I'm going to begin to stretch your faith in some seemingly painful ways. Well, yeah, he did. And that's what he's done for all of us. He's been stretching our faith and sometimes it's painful. Our potential is what rises to a crisis when trouble comes. Courage is what rises to a crisis when trouble comes. But crisis does not ever measure your potential. Excuse me, I said that wrong. Crisis does not ever grow your potential. It measures it. Where you faint, where you fall out, where you give up, where you, you just can't go another step if there's ever anything like that. That's the end of your faith. And, and going through the crisis, God's just putting this on you to make you strong. That's just not true. He didn't put it on anybody. The word says that in James 1. He did not put it on anybody, but it came. Jesus said in the world you'll have tribulation. So it came. It's here. It doesn't cause your faith to grow, but it certainly measures your faith. Have you been measured lately? Did you get to the end of something? I believe we're about to see the, the vanity of vanities in men. I don't believe it's in this room that we're going to see vanity of vanities. But I believe there's going to be things happen in churches or in peoples that seemingly are riding the crest. It's like everything is going their way. And I'm not, I'm not upset with that. I'm not trying to say, I don't want good to happen to you, but I'm just saying some of it's false. It's not real. It's not true. And these crises have a way of taking people out that thought they could not be taken out. Uh, we, we, the, we need to not be prideful lest we, we fall. So I wrote down here in my notes, achievability is developed and is totally dependent on me. Achievability is up to me. God's not sending stuff to make me stronger. He sent his word to make me stronger. That's all I need. I don't need temptation and trial. He doesn't do that. You wouldn't do it to your kids. You wouldn't do it. You'd turn somebody in that did do it. And yet we go, but God's God and his good is a different good than our good. It's not true. He sends his word to judge us. He sends his word to strengthen us. He sends his word to, uh, to, to reveal, to show us the truth, to, to open the doors. So... I have two things that's going to grow our potential. It's what the Lord gave me, so I'm going to share it with you. The first one's in Genesis chapter 37. You don't have to turn there. It's just one verse. I'll read it to you. Genesis chapter 37. We've read it before, but it says in verse 5, And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. Joseph dreamed a dream. And he told it to his brethren, 
and they hated him yet the more. The first thing you have to do, I have to do, we have to do to grow our potential, our capacity, our achievability is you got a dream. And I'll tell you this, if you don't schedule dream time, you will only have fantasies. If you do not schedule, say it with me, schedule. If you do not schedule dream time, in our day, if there's always ever been a day different, there is no dream time that you can schedule, that you can just come on and say, you know, I'm not a little slow today. I believe I'll put some dream time in there. It, ne it has never happened. You have to schedule it. You have to get off by yourself. One time I was at the end of my rope. I didn't have anybody to help me. I was a new pastor in West Texas. Couldn't even spell shepherd. And there they said I was one. And I, I did not want. And so I got my little pickup, cleared out the tools and back and went to, went to New Mexico four hours away and just camped out in the back. I don't know that I got anything from the Lord, but I, I did get off and get out and get away. And I learned that that was the key. You got to sometimes just lock yourself up. I had a, I had a vision in our church in West Texas of having this, these cubicles like they have now when you go to a hotel. They'll, instead of renting you a room, they'll rent you a pod. And it's got a bed in it and, and, a, and a little bitty, I don't know what all it's got in it, but you have it for the night for almost nothing. And I had this vision or this idea that we needed to have prayer refuge for people to get off and get lock themselves in in the back part of the building we never did do it but it's still valid you need to schedule dream time the Lord has something to say to you say it with me first person the Lord has something to say to me the closest most people ever get to that and you've heard it is number one the shower for whatever reason. Another way is, is mowing the grass. I hear more people say, I got with God. Where were you? Did the pillar of fire? Nope, I was on the lawnmower. <laughs> I was back on the third acre in the back. And it's like, okay. Did God choose that? No, that's just where we open the door. That's where you turn the little handle on the radio over to the, the, to the original Goldie Oldie, the Lord God. So we have to schedule Dream time. If you just try to get it on the wing, it'll be sci-fi. It'll be fantasy. You won't be able to trust yourself. I do know the word says, you know, the double-minded man cannot receive anything from God. So sometime you've got to schedule dream time to get off of, I'm not receiving anything from God. I got two things going. And I don't know which one. And I just can't seem to get time to settle it. We all have two things going in some area of your life, whether to go with God or go with medical or go with money or go with whatever. We all have areas there. Um, the word and the spirit will paint your future in your dream. Let me read that again. Uh, verse uh, Joseph dreamed a dream and he told it to his brethren and they hated him yet the more. One indication there is if you really have a dream that's from heaven, not everybody agrees. 
You go share it and say, look what God showed me. Hmm. Why would he show it to you instead of me? And a hundred other little retorts and little, uh, little things like that. Uh, Mark 9, 23, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. So that's where you dream. You go, well, that's talking about faith. That's what dreaming is, is you get off of one and get on to one. Get, get off of two and get on to one. You settle some things. Sometimes you got to lock yourself in a room. It's not like, well, I'm in the house all by myself all day. Way too much dusting and vacuuming and, and uh, rearranging the, 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 the no, you got to get in there where there's nothing. The bathroom sometimes is the only place you can go or a big closet and you just sit down in the bottom of it and you schedule four hours. Will you be bored before four hours? Absolutely, but sometimes the good stuff doesn't come till the 58th minute of the third hour. I'm telling you all the truth. This is how it works. God's, God's broadcasting. It's not Him. The tuner's got to be turned on and adjusted. We've got to tune in to God. And uh, you can fix a lot of stuff. Well, I, I need to nail this up and I need to take this to town and get your book out and start scheduling stuff so that as soon as I get out of this dream time, I can go get something done. You just blew it up, didn't you? You got to go in with nothing except just a blank paper to write down what he said. And you do have to write down what he said because he will speak. Just like in this service right here and every other service we have, we believe God actively that everyone in here will receive something that's worth writing down. It will impart into your future. In other words, it's a key. I saw a movie one time where an autistic boy, you know, put all the pieces of a thousand piece puzzle on the table with the, with the picture down and never saw the front or the box. And he just put them in, put them in so fast. Well, that's kind of how our lives are, and we don't even know it. We think, because we saw a little corner over here, a little dab over there, we think we have a handle on things. But you just don't know what you just don't know. And the Lord's got some marvelous plans. And flesh and blood does not want, to, He doesn't want flesh and blood to reveal it to us, but the Father in heaven. So you've got to stop it. you just got to stop it. But I'm busier than ever. Dr. Cho used to say, I am so busy tomorrow, I have to pray six hours. You know how that works. Hallelujah. Mark 9, 22 in the today's English says, have pity on us and help us if you possibly can. The man with the son said, yes, said Jesus, if you if you yourself can, everything is possible for the person who has faith. So sometimes you get in the closet, you get out in the wheat fields, you go to the back 40 or wherever you go. What you, you can figure it out. You don't have to go often if you go some. And you go back there and you sort it out and you come out with a confidence. I know what to do. There's nothing more powerful for your faith than knowing what to do. You just don't know how much toll a double-minded or ambivalent or a, a life that just doesn't know what to do. So we just go along the edge of that situation and don't mess with it because we don't know how to handle it. And it drains you dry. And we shouldn't do it. 
If we're too busy to dream, then we have to go back to Ecclesiastes where he said, nothing is worthwhile, everything is futile. If you're too busy to dream, you're living a carnal life because you don't have anything more than the carnal man has. Now, this is kind of hard. I mean, I guess it is. It's, it's, uh, but you just do, we all just do what we want. I'm just, I'm just encouraging you. The second thing, number one, if you, if, if you want to increase your capacity, your, your potential, what could God use you for, something that you never dreamed of? What if, what if you were called to be a prophet and you just barely got the Holy Ghost? We got to change something, don't we? So the second thing is, I like to call it mysteries. I broke it down in my notes for mysteries, revelations, insights, and discernments. Remember that scripture that says the gifts of the spirit, one of them is discerning of spirits. You go, what's that? You look into the spirit realm and you know what's operating around you. We ought to have that. I said it's one of the nine. We ought to have that. Well, that doesn't come unless we draw aside and say, Lord, here am I. Use me. Until you say that and nobody's listening, nobody can hold you accountable, but you mean it. You're not, we're not worth much. We're just we're just moving religious things around. That, that was mean, but but. I want to be worth something. I want to be something he says. This is a job for Attaboy. I got to call Michael Ray and get him to get up and get up, get on this. Uh, wouldn't that be great? The Lord said, go get him or go get her. We, we got something here that's tougher than just the crowd, the masses, the everybody's. Go get him and put and tell him what we got going and tell him to take care of it. Well, you've got to have some some time. To, to make your position known, to make your availability to known before he's going to do that. Otherwise, he's just going to pass over until he finds someone that's paid the price or prayed the price or given the price. And I think we want to be those people. There's never... Now, I'm just going to stop here and just interject this. There's never been an opportunity in yours or mine life as there is right now. I'm just wagering, betting, that you could do as much as you wanted to do with less pushback than right now. This particular scenario, this particular venue, this particular everything, where everybody's stretched out, everybody's on the edge, everybody's just, you know, like, what's going to happen next? And where's this thing going? And what, what are we going to do? And does anybody have a clue or whatever? That's all the wrong questions. It's like, Lord, uh, what psalm does it say? You prepare us to place for me. That's what this is. If you look at it as something negative, you're going to miss the movie. You're going to be out there saying, I want a little more butter on my popcorn and could you put a little salt on it or whatever. And the movie's over. They're all coming out. This is it. This is where we're growing our potential. We're not hindered or hampered or limited or, or held back. This, we can do, listen, we can do anything we want to. So we ought to do what he wants to. Would you all agree with that? That's, it's at least possible 
There's no, there's, we can do things in this size church that they just dream about in other churches. Because we're not afraid. We know each other better than our kin folks. And I like y'all way more. Don't tell my mama. So uh, I'll tell her if I want her to know. So uh, I wrote down the, the thing to, to in, enlarge your capacity. Uh, what does the word say? The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places and I have a goodly reward. And uh, Jabez said, I pray that you would in, enlarge my territory. Well, one thing that you can do is you can, there's either the ignoring, ignoring mysteries or embracing and pursuing mysteries and revelations. Lord, this would be a question you could ask the Lord. <laughs> it's kind of redundant. What do you know that I don't know that you want me to know? Oh, putting permission into his hand to tell us things that we should be asking about that we haven't been, that he wants us to know because we're waiting on that to be able to go to the next step. Everybody knows if you're making a cake and you've sent your husband to go get vanilla, we're not putting it in the oven until Leroy gets back. And so why would it be different with the Lord that he's waiting on the ingredients or the elements to come together? Just saying. So what comforts you? Leave me alone. Don't be asking these hard questions. I just want to coast. I want to cruise. I want to lay, lay, lay out. Or do you want to be provoked to love and good works? Somebody just poking their bony little finger in your proverbial face saying, giddy up, wake up and giddy up. That's what I do to me. It may not seem obvious, but you ought to have seen me before I did that. So, yeah, I'm doing a lot better. Luke 8.10 says, he said unto you, he said unto you is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to others in parables that seeing they might not see. And hearing they might not understand. That's Luke 8.10. And the word mysteries there, if you look up the word, it says, Unto you is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. The word mysteries is the secrets. And he held some stuff back from the, from the, the rank crowd. Certainly the Jews. And he told them to his disciples as much as he could. In John chapter 6, he talks about I have many hard things to say to you, but you can't bear it. Wouldn't that be terrible to get back to us that the Lord said it about any one of us? I had many hard things to say to you, but your diaper kept getting in the way. Your milk bottle kept rolling over in the way and I couldn't get it to you. 1 Corinthians 4.1 says, Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ, and stewards, listen, listen, and stewards of the mysteries of God. Who's the stewards? The word already says that the manifold wisdom of God is in the church. Is in the church. Well, I thought Brother Doolydoo had it. No, it's in the church. We, we have the mind of Christ. We, we, we have the faith of Almighty God. 
The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. The gifts of the Spirit are dispersed. And he has placed us in the body as it has pleased him. Severally as, you know the verse, as, as, as it has pleased him. We're in there anyway like he likes us. So you can't gripe about somebody and say, what are they doing here? Uh, they're here to file on you. The iron is going to whack on you and sharpen you. 1 Corinthians 13, you know this verse, 1 and 2. Now listen to this. This is, this is interesting. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels. Now how provoking is that? That's wonderful. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels. But immediately we cut that off and say, and have not charity. I am as a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. So we disqualify the, the speaking with tongues of men and angels. Because some people have abused it. Some people have, have exercised that without love. But not me. There's been preachers run off with the secretary, but I didn't. There's been pastors run off with the money, but I didn't. I didn't. And I won't. So why are they lumping me in with those people? I heard about one of them, but it wasn't me. It wasn't you. So we, we may get some mysteries and operate out of love, but that's not what it's for. The tongues of men and angels is a precious thing. And, and he goes on to say, how about this? And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand what? All mysteries. Say it with me. All mysteries. What is, what is in your range? What is in the believer's range to know of heaven? Well, you know, heaven's pretty big and we're pretty little. I don't think we can know much. He says, oh, oh, and, and, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, and then there he goes, and have not charity, I am nothing. But what if I do have charity? What if I understand all mysteries and do walk in love? He's making a different point here, but in it, the elements of truth are there. We understand mysteries. Oh, that was better than y'all thought, I can tell you. Uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 14, so we go to the next chapter. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. So why do we spend a few moments every Wednesday night? Just, just letting ourselves go. We have no particular agenda. We're not asking him a particular question week after week. We're not trying to get good enough. We're not trying to be pleasing to him. We're not trying to be uh, suffering or sacrificial. We're venting the mysteries. You go, well, what are they? Tomorrow you'll know. Tonight you'll know. You'll dream about it. It's in there. And when we, what does he say? In the spirit, he speaketh mysteries. Well, you don't understand it. that It's in an unknown tongue. But your spirit knows. Your, your spirit understands perfectly. That's where it came from. We're in union with him. We're in union with the spirit of God. 
It isn't over here, I'll take this bedroom and you take that bedroom and we'll meet in the hall and get together. We're, we're, we're in. We're in. If, a, if a man and a woman can be one flesh in marriage, we can be one spirit with him in unity, in union. And we are. So why would somebody that was your roommate that was actually investing all that Jesus did on the cross and more, investing to bring us out of the miry clay and bring us out of the depths, bring us out of the curse and the lie of sin and the degradation of hell and the devil and say, I'm going to rescue you totally. I'm pulling you out and I'm getting all of you out. I'm, we're not going to leave some behind. I mean, if the army says that, how much more the Lord? And so he's, he's on a rescue mission. All of heaven knows it, but I don't know if any of us know it. He saved me. He rescued me. Just a moment there, set me free. I like that song, by the way. <laughs> it's just so true for me. He rescued me. So no rescue is complete unless at least like Simon Barjona, flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Major revelation, thou art the Christ. Major revelation. I mean, he, he was hidden. He, he hadn't showed up. He hadn't been to the cross. He... He was hidden, but Peter got a glimpse. He was not even born again. And you and I are born in the Spirit of God. We are His children. He's not holding anything back. He wants us to know it all. Oh, it's better than we even thought we thought. We just got to get a hold of it. If we just get to the hem of His garment... We just get that and then just pull everything. He's got so much. There is no problem that you've ever faced that he didn't have an answer for you. He didn't go off and think about it. He didn't say, let me make some calls. I'll get back to you. He knows the end. He knows. And he's like, please let me tell you. Pray out some mysteries. In those mysteries is my plan to rescue you, to get you out, and to put you on top so you can go and rescue somebody else, which is what happened to all of us. Somebody rescued us. You might say, I don't know of anybody. Somebody prayed you through. Maybe it was in the Holy Ghost. When we first started our church in Seminole, Texas, we didn't know, we were greener than grass, and we didn't know anything about anything about anything, I'm promising you. But we did know this, because Dr. Cho was in full tilt. He had 750,000 members, and they, if they were nothing else, they were prayers, and they had Prayer Mountain, and they'd get up there on that mountain 24-7, and we knew that the Lord had sent some Korean woman or man up there to pray for Living Water Faith Fellowship. I don't know if y'all even knew what our name was. We were Living Water Faith Fellowship. And we made it. We made it in a day when nobody was making it. We made it not knowing anything. And so somebody rescued me is what I'm saying. And so we're all like, well, let's go rescue somebody. Let's rescue Sunday Guard Joe. Let's go rescue people that are in Peru and Brazil and Bangladesh and whatever. Let's Let's rescue them. No, we're not going. I mean, you can. 
I'm going to stay here and keep the home fires burning or whatever that means. But 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 we've we got five thousand dollars in the kitty that's going to rescue somebody. And we don't know who it is. But when we get to heaven, the, the word says, I think it's in Luke. It's it's in Luke 16, I think he's going to say they're going to greet us and say, I'm here because of you. Well, only the Lord could could figure that out. You know, it all went in the kitty and we all just sent it. And it's marvelous. It's just wonderful. It's amazing. It's so good. We should never have a bad day. Because he's using us. And the whole time he says, I got I'll pay for everything that you do for me. I'll pay for it. And I'll 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 there's plenty more where that came from. There's just no lack or need or little or, or whatever. So I wrote down here and I'm finishing with this. We are about to see the vanity of vanities in men. God's not sending trouble. But I promise you, the, as, as the time of the Lord coming gets closer, the devil's got some stuff. We're not afraid of him, but some people are. And we're going to have to stand for them. People that mocked us, we're going to have to go rescue them. People that made fun of us and poo-pooed us and like, you poor little things. Don't you know what real church is? We come over here and we'll show you. We don't care. We're just getting ready to go 911 and rescue some folks. But here's the second part of that statement. We are and about to see a move of God. We're already seeing it. It's not like it's coming. It's already here. This men's advance was way undercover. It was totally stealth. You ought to read my testimonies. You've never heard men talk like these men are talking about what happened to them. And we were just there two days, three, two days. And that's just the part of it. And then we've got Valor men. Now we've got River Teams right on the burner. We've got Virtue Women. Way more is happening in there than anybody knows. No, they're not necessarily running around the room and they're not necessarily saying, sign me up. I want to go to Peru and be a missionary. But it's changing us. And it's the Lord that's doing it. It's not anything River Church is doing. We're just reading the script and signing up and saying, okay. We're endeavoring not to be double-minded. Oh, Jesus is so good, y'all. I just thank you so much personally for giving me the privilege of being here at this time of my life. It is just, it's the most wonderful thing to me to be able to be with you and be in this place. And I believe the Lord's going to show us some great and mighty things that we know not of. I think saying yes gets the door open. And we're saying yes. That's, we're, just, we're just saying yes. Maybe the hard questions or the hard ask haven't come yet, but whatever he sent, we're saying yes to it. So, Father, we thank you for trusting us with your kingdom. And you said it was your good pleasure to give us the keys to the kingdom. And we want those keys, Lord. We want to unlock the brethren. We want to unlock the lost. We want to unlock what the devil has done in drugs and trafficking and and uh, just terrible, terrible things. We are the antidote. We are the answer. And we know it, but we don't know how. But Lord, as we just say yes to what we do know how, you'll show us 
You'll show us. You'll, you'll, you'll put us in the middle of it and it'll change. We can change a nation. We can change nations right here in Tuscaloosa. How could that be? That's not our question. Availability is all we're offering, but that's, that's all of us. So thank you, Lord, for a great 2023, the year that we know what to do. I know what to do. Every time something comes up, I say, I know what to do. And we thank you for that great privilege and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Hallelujah. Praise God.